The 99th episode of the Hondo Handy Podcast is brought to you by Ed Hyman Drywall and Custom Painting, including residential and commercial power washing. Located at 36722 Roxana Road in Somerville, Delaware. Call 302-436-6277 or find them on their web at edhyamandrywall.com. My guest today is Josh Murphy, head basketball coach at Randolph-Macon. How you doing today, Josh? I'm doing great, Hondo. Great to uh, be able to talk with you again, my man. Yes, it's always a pleasure to have you on, and I'm happy to have you on for the second time. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, the first time I had you on, you were my fourth uh, interview, and now you're my 99th interview. Well, I mean, you, this means you have to have a high-level interview because I think I gave you everything I had in the first one and uh, <laughs> uncover something else. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I, again, congratulations <laughs> on winning the Division Three National Championship. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It felt good. felt good. Good. Um, but certainly um, – you know, even even goes before us, and uh, a lot of a lot of things come, came together. Good luck, absence of bad luck. Great, great group of guys, um, talent, but connected, defended, uh, and then and then the guys that have come before us too that have shown us the way and been pouring in and mentoring us. Um, you know, I feel like it's for every former player, former coach that has come through. Brandon. Well, let me tell my listeners. Uh a little more about you before we get started. Uh, again, Josh is the uh, head coach of Randolph-Macon. Uh, this year, he won the 2022 Division Three Men's National Title. He was selected as the National Basketball Coaches Division Three Coach of the Year. He has a team had his team ranked number one in the nation. His team finished the season with a dominant 33-1 record, including a 16-0 mark in the Old Dominion Athletic Conference. The Yellow Jackets toured through the Division III tournament, winning six games by at least 16 points, including a 75-45 victory over Al Hurst in the championship. Coach Merkel has had a lot of playing and coaching experience and had, has been a grad assistant, had an assistant coaching positions and head coaching position throughout his career. He is coached at the high school level with stops at West Virginia, Eastern Kentucky, Randolph-Macon, Salisbury University, and back to Randolph-Macon. Coach, you still have an impressive bio and can, could continue to do have an impressive one. Congratulations. Well, appreciate that, Hondo. Yes. Yeah. I've I've been very fortunate to um, have been able to work with the the coaches, the mentors, and, and the players along the way. Really fortunate. Now I, I have some different listeners now, so I would like for you again to tell my listeners a little bit about your upbringing and uh, where you grew up, and if you played any sports before high school. Right. So oldest of nine, uh, we grew up on a on a farm in Frederick. Uh, more or less Frederick County. Um, my mom played basketball at University of Maryland. She, um, wow. she, University of Maryland. Then she got pregnant with me and uh, never went back to coach. She, um, she had eight more kids after that. And uh, so big family, awesome upbringing. Um, 
parents uh, super hardworking. And uh, also I saw the love of the game that my mom had. She was my first coach. So, you know, kind of always on the, on the farm, shooting in the driveway. Um, got lucky, played at Prospect Hall where they were national program and really was able to learn so much uh, be, being immersed, 12-month-a-year program, and, and just um, learned commitment, sacrifice, what it takes to be special, part of a great team. And then uh, played at Salisbury, played for Coach Ward Lambert, did you know very well for three years. Um, Ward was at a few games this year, and, uh, you know, just means a lot when your college coach um, is still pouring in and, and checking out your team, and he'd send me an email after each game with, uh, with a little breakdown. You know, Coach is a numbers guy. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> Still, after all these years, grading my performance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, coach, uh, you know I tell you. Go ahead. Um, he loves he loves uh, basketball. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned your mother. You actually, uh, well, before you before we mentioned go back to your mother. There, you have a you played on that team. Was very talented, huh? In high school. He's super talented. Yes. Um, my junior year, I didn't, uh, you know, I was on the team and, and got a lot better during practice, but didn't get in the games. Um, I, I heard that I was a 30, 30, 30 guy. If we were up 30, well, we were never down by that much. So you're <laughs> more, and there were some times where it wasn't even that, you know, then I'd get maybe 30 seconds to a minute. Um, but got better and, and proud of the fact that I was able to earn a role my senior year. Um, on a team that was still loaded, I think seven Division One guys that year. Mm. Um, we finished second in the country, lost one game. Mark Karcher, uh, who had a cup of coffee in the NBA, played at Temple. Um, he hit a three at the buzzer to beat us by one. Otherwise, we'd have had an undefeated season and won a high school national championship. And the following year, sure enough, Prospect Hall did win it. Wow. Um, and your family, you mentioned your family, a very athletic family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of college athletes in the group, um, but my brother Jake played soccer, Jeremiah tennis, Molly college soccer, Marta and Monty college basketball, uh, Jude college football, Job college soccer and tennis. Um, so I would say shoot seven of the nine um, competing in college. You mentioned that you played at Salisbury and then you later coached at Salisbury. Yes, sir. Um uh, can you tell my listeners uh, a little bit, bit about your coaching journey from high school all the way to college? Yeah, I mean, for, for the longest time, I mean, I had a great high school coach, Kevin Sutton, who, who we still talk to this day. He's uh, an assistant at Florida Gulf Coast, and he's been a tremendous high school coach and college coach. And so he, um, I still remember first game, freshman year, um, him giving a pregame talk. And uh, that was the moment I said, man, I want to coach. I want to be like Coach Sutton is for me, inspire me to <laughs> at it and so that was um that was the moment for me and then I went on got to play for coach Vetter my junior senior year although coach Sutton was the varsity assistant so I essentially had him all four years right um and then uh four years at Salisbury I go back to coaching high school at my alma mater prospect hall like I had always thought I would do I was the the head JV coach and assistant varsity under Bruce Kelly another mentor and we talk week um and he's still helping me grow and, and help better our teams um, so really fortunate. I mean, that, that first job was awesome and gave me a lot of responsibility and, and the chance to, to be a head coach, even at the JV level. I mean, I took some of those losses as hard as I take things now. You know, it doesn't mm. matter. Sometimes I think people that are invested, um, they're just uh, they're they care. They care deeply about, you know, the team and and being at their best. So anyway, um, 
I got, I had the opportunity. Um, West Virginia had a GA ship and uh, I joke that I was their 10th choice. Coach Beeline will correct me. Coach Beeline, the head coach at the time, say, Josh, you were more like our 15th choice. Uh, <laughs> some guys, and maybe I was a little older, but somehow, some way, um, they, they offered me, and I, and I got to, you know, here I am going from high school assistant at age 24, 25 to a Big East GA, and my, my first experience coaching at that Division One level, and we go to the Elite Eight from there. Jeff Neubauer was our associate head coach. He goes, gets the job at Eastern Kentucky, and he takes me with him. And so I, you know, go to Eastern Kentucky for five years. We have a great year run that, uh, you know, I've really learned a lot. You know, it's 12 months a year. You're recruiting nonstop. I worked with a great staff, Ted Hotelling, head coach at New Haven, David Boyd, an assistant at UNCG, Dale Wellman, won a national championship with Nebraska Wesleyan. Um, so just an unbelievable staff and, um, you know, keep growing with the guys. Um, keep learning with guys. And then I went to Randolph-Macon uh, from Eastern Kentucky, learned under Nathan Davis, who's now the head coach at Bucknell. And, and after just one year, that Salisbury job came open. Um, they they hi- hired me and believed in me enough to give me a chance. And um, and it was awesome being back at the alma mater. Yes. So um, you were there for like five years, and I believe, and then you, you had an opportunity to go back to uh, Randolph-Macon. Yeah, yeah, four years, Hondo. Four years. Okay. Super tough decision because, you know, love the people there and, and loved what we were building. Um, and just looked at uh, the Randolph-Macon job, having hadn't had the experience and knowing how committed they are to their basketball program, how important it is to the community. And, and also I thought the location um, provided some opportunities maybe for my wife and, and the children as well. So, you know, we made a family decision that was, uh, I think, tough at first. But um, in in the end, was the was the right one. Well, I know this year uh, winning the national championship was special, and then you winning uh, uh, the coach of the year award. You know all your accolades that you receive. You always like to um, share your success with your uh, staff. Absolutely, I, I really wish they would change that coach of the year to staff of the year because um, none of us do it alone. And uh, my, my staff has been together. There's, uh, there's four of us and two of my staff, Sean Boggs, who was in my wedding, and Dave Maturo, uh, have been with me all seven years. So that continuity is, is tough to beat. And it felt like, you know, having more than one head coach on the sideline, those guys, um, you know, we were just very connected. I think our players sensed that as well. And uh, that, that, that goes a long way when guys see that, that connection at the top. Tell me about your. I know your coach, your, your team is really um, uh, like a little small community. Tell me about your team being a player driven team. What's that mean? Mm, yeah, I mean, I do love that language. We talk about it a lot. Well, that the players are going to drive the behaviors, that the players are going to hold each other accountable. The players, you know, I think the speed of the leader determines the speed of the pack. Uh, not I think, I mean, we know. And when you have a leader like Buzz Anthony, National Player of the Year, four-time ODAC Player of the Year, this guy is just driven, chip on his shoulder, but also cares about the guys and the leadership journey. It's not like, hey, I'm great and you're not. It's like, hey, I know what what it takes to be great, and you can be great too if you'll put in the work with me. Um, so that that's what's been special is just uh, he's been relentless and – you know, he only wants guys around him that are going to be relentless, that uh, aren't going to give in. And uh, iron sharpens iron. You know, and if you have, you know, I think Saban says it or Kobe says it, 
high achievers don't want to be around mediocre guys and mediocre guys don't want to be around high achievers. We've just got some, some like-minded guys that, um, you know, we, we talk about it on the front end. And if you're not about competition and work ethic, then this isn't the place for you. And then it's all about the players policing that, you know, because everybody can say it, but uh, it's, it's what's being said when you're not around. It's what's being said in your locker room. And it's the, it's what's happening when you're not around as well. And it, as you know, at this level, Division three, you know, we get them for five months, but then there's another seven months where they're on their own. You got to get self-motivated guys. You got to, if, if, if I want them to be a better player than they want to be, then this is not going to work at all long-term. Well, well, see, uh, what you're saying is, you, is that relationships and being connected is very important to you. Man, relationships is everything. You know, compounding relationships makes makes your life better in every way. And, um, you know, no one can do it alone, right? To go far, um, well, to go fast, go alone. To go far, you got to go together. And, uh, you know, it's extremely important. Like, and I'm talking, you know, uh, on the bench, if you're not celebrating your teammates, if we don't have everybody standing up after big plays, then, then we're not as connected as we need to be, and that's going to change or someone's going to go. I mean, it's as simple as that. So we don't even have to worry about that stuff anymore. But um, the connection is important. To have connection, you got to have guys that um, are willing to be vulnerable and and willing to look out for someone other than themselves. So, it, it's all, you know, there's a lot in there, but character and unselfishness uh, and care for your brother. Um, you've been there. Uh, this is your seventh year at uh, Randolph-Macon? Seventh year. And um, from what I understand, each year you've been able to improve your win-loss uh, percentage. <laughs> until, uh, yeah, until next year, I think. I, I think I won't... <laughs> can't, can't say next year yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, you've had, you know, just the last three years, uh, I guess uh, you had a 27 uh, win campaign in 18-19 and 28-19-20. and uh, you were unbeaten at one season. Uh, is that when you were uh, uh, COVID hit? Yeah, COVID hit. So we were fortunate to get 12, the 12 games in that we did. I know some teams didn't even get to play any games, but 12-0 uh, that year. Wow, that was, that was outstanding. Um, uh, what? Tell me what you would say uh, you like most about coaching. Mm, um, I, I love the journey. I love taking a team from A to B and taking players from A to B and uh, challenging them, seeing that growth uh, individually, but also as a group. Um, I mean, that's, you know, uh, we were ranked early in the year and, and I kept telling our guys, you know, that that's based on last year. Like this group hasn't done anything. And, you know, I, I, mean, I would tell them, like, we're, we're not the number one team. You know, that's just what people are putting us at. But um you know, I've had teams that were playing much better, more connected and um, with a higher level of uh, defense and offensive efficiency. Um, so it wasn't, in, you know, in the right way. It was just, hey, we have a long way to go, basically. Um, and so uh, I, but I love that part, Hondo, the most is, um, you know, that that Kaizen, that relentless improvement, that one percent winning in the margins. And then to be the buzzsaw at the end of the year, be at your best when your best is needed. To me, that that's the really exciting piece to have those guys um, being themselves, like in the locker room and, and on campus, um, embracing their role. And, you know, again, a lot of little things go into winning big um, that, that go unnoticed. A lot. 
they're sacrificing role and minutes to win big. Um, to see that is just fantastic. Um, what effect do you think you might have had on some of your players? Whew, we're going to ask them that. Um, not just this year, but all of your years. I know, I know you've... I'll tell you uh, a recent uh, conversation I had with two of my seniors pretty much a few hours after the game as they pull me aside. And, uh, you know, now they can say anything they want to me, right? They're graduated and done. And these are, these are two guys that um, did not lose a game at home their entire four-year career. I mean, when you think about it, I tried to tell them, man, I think I lost my first home game as a <laughs> freshman. It's, it's just amazing what they were able to accomplish. Um, and they said, Coach, you are our favorite coach and our least favorite coach at the same time. <laughs> You know, it was a beautiful compliment. They, they basically went on to say, hey, we know you care. We know you love us. Uh, but, man, you can be hard to play for. Those film sessions can be hard. But you got the most out of us. I don't think I would have been as good anywhere else. And to me, you know, I'm using their words. I'm not, I'm not, that's not my words. Um, but, man, that's the goal. And what I told them is that's, that's exactly it. I'm trying to build a strong enough and a trusting relationship that can bear the weight of truth, that can hold you to the highest standard. We know what that standard looks like, and uh, and we believe you can get there. Hey, we got high high expectations, high standards here, and that and capital A and D, you can reach them. And uh, and I think more players need that, but especially today's day and age, they they need that relationship, that trust, that care uh, is really important. Justin, at this stage of your life. Um... Tell me how coaching or sports has impacted your life. Man, it's still like to this day is um, to be able to through a game, you know, uh, learn life lessons has been is just been awesome, you know. And and I uh, I, I wish that every kid could experience it. Um, I'm watching my own kids now, six, two, and five months, and um, you know, seeing them run around the kitchen and shoot hoops and try and develop skill and get better has been uh has been an awesome thing to, to kind of watch but th- there's so much growth that can happen through the game that um i hope everyone can experience it um is your team uh, i think i asked you this before is your team still involved in the local with local youth or in the community oh yeah um so we, you know, not only do we do the summer camps, but as many times as we can. Now, COVID has affected a little bit. We we've had a big brother program with Gandhi Elementary, where we've partnered with them. Um, we typically do a, dece- a free clinic in December, where where the kids can come in and learn from our guys. Um, but you know, th- those guys are our role models to to some of those eight, nine, ten year olds. That they, they might as well be NBA players. You know, they're so much taller. And, um, you know, that's what I love about Ashland, the community and just the parents and the kids coming out. Um, they can really get behind the team and build relationships with our guys. And now, man, I get to go see Buzz play. There's a lot of guys, a lot of kids that they really look up to. Hey, man, the best player on the floor is five foot ten. So it, it, it um, you know, means we can do a lot of things no matter how tall we are, which I know you can appreciate that right there. Oh, yeah. You know, when we sat down, uh, when I think when you first came to Salisbury and talked to a little bit in that little restaurant in Berlin, um, I never knew that I would be talking to the eventual national champion and the national coach of the year. <laughs> but then again, 
I am not surprised, Josh. I, I, with your dedication and love for the game, I am not surprised. Um, uh, but congratulations. That's how I keep saying that. <laughs> You'd have your own podcast and be at 99 episodes and doing what you're doing in retirement. Yes. Um, <laughs> Josh, what was it like? Well, I know you had to play three or four, four games or so. How many games it was? Six, maybe. What was it like when that buzzer sounded and you said, oh, my God, I just won the national championship? Well, sorry, Hondo. Repeat, um, you talked about the tournament, but give me that question one more time. What was it like when that, that final buzzer went off <laughs> and you realized that you had won the national championship? Well, you know, there was a like I think with about a minute left, um, is when I finally relaxed, which sounds crazy when, you know, if you were looking at the scoreboard, because it, it could have been much sooner. But, um, you know, the backcourt came came off the bench or came off the court. Buzz Anthony just gave him a big hug. Been waiting for that moment for, for a long time. You know, played for me for five years. He's been the point guard for five years. And wow. Albert, three-year uh, junior, um, you know, just hugging those guys, seeing the smile, seeing the emotion on our players. Um you know, the confetti comes down was a pretty special moment. The cutting of the nets, being able to, you know, grab my kids and take them to the press conference. Um, but for the first time ever, Hondo, it's been, you know, we get the next, we get the win and on to the next. You know, anything less than honestly winning the last game was going to be a disappointment for our group just because of the expectations that have been on this group. And, um, you know, it was nice to, to take a deep breath and, uh, and know that I don't have to prepare for a game for a little while. <laughs> Kind of relax. Yeah. Um, well, I guess my next question was going to be if, if you had any hobbies uh, outside of basketball, but you seem so busy. I'm sure you don't have many. Are you a golfer? No, no. It's not active enough for me. Um, I'll tell you, my hobbies, I, I love to read, although I don't read as much in season and, and love to work out. So I got a good routine right now, and I haven't always been great about this. Um in season, but I think the last two seasons now, and COVID may, maybe has helped this, but just staying religious and disciplined with the workouts. Co- Coach Berkman, I learned this from Coach, who would, you know, have those noon workouts, and he's on the bike, and he was a model for his players. But uh, three runs a week, three lifts a week, and uh, that I would say those are my hobbies. And then just being the best dad and husband, not a hobby, but um, but that's gonna that's gonna take the next most next biggest chunk of time. I know where those kids are. I, I can hear them now. <laughs> um, um, well, if, you, if you're a reader in, in a, a few months, uh, uh, maybe I can send my, my book down to you. I just uh, finished uh, writing my book, and it's being edited as we speak. Oh, I love it. I would love to. Yeah. Is um, what, Where was the national championship played? It was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, at in Indiana. their convention center in Fort Wayne. So. Uh, about 4,500 people at that at that championship game, and pretty cool that it was on CBS too. You know, yes, pays to be a winner, and uh, if you can make it to that final game, CBS, NCAA do a really good job of making that, you know, like a uh, as high level as it can be. You know, um, uh, Josh, is there anything else you would like to add? Hondo, just appreciate uh, the chance to be back on here with you, man. Um, I, I love what you're doing, you know, uh, trying to grow the game and um, and and just connecting people, too. So um, appreciate you, what you're doing. Love the people back there on that eastern shore. And uh, like, thanks again for having me on and best to you. 
Well, Josh, yeah. if you could hold on for a second and give my uh, sponsor a plug. And uh, the 99th episode of the Hondo Handy Podcast has been brought to you by Ed Hyman Drywall and Custom Painting, including residential and commercial power washing. Located at 36722 Roxana Road in Southern Delaware, call 302-436-6277 or find them on the web at edhymandrywall.com. My guest today again has been Josh Merker, head coach at randolph Macon and the national champions for 2022. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, Hondo. Thanks again. Have a great one. Stay safe and keep smiling.